my keys to success in the real estate game is just really stay informed. Um, don't get scared if there's something you don't know. Try to find the people you want to reach out to that you, you trust and that will give you that right information. Welcome to A Better Lifestyle. I am your host, Richard, and I will be with you throughout this journey. This show is here to empower individuals to do more in life professionally. You will find a variety of topics that will help you to be more productive and more successful. So join me and the professionals from different industries as we bring education and knowledge for more success. Hi, everybody. My name is Richard. Welcome to A Better Lifestyle. Today's topic is real estate. So uh, we got to talk about interest rates, mortgage rates, and all that stuff. And I have the pleasure to have, uh, <laughs> once again, I always do that mistake. I always, because uh, uh, like for pronouncing the name, uh, is it uh, Luigi Dacunto? Uh, da yeah, you hit it right on the head. That's exactly what it is. Okay, yeah, I always forget. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I have Luigi here with me. So uh, like I said, we're going to be talking about real estate. So uh, please, Luigi, tell uh, everybody who you are, a brief resume of who you are, and uh, we'll start from there. Awesome, awesome. Well, first, thank you to welcome me on the show. Um, I did watch and listen to a few of them, so I'm really happy to be here. Uh, a little bit about me. Grew up uh, in Toronto, Ontario, so I'm still I'm located in Canada. Uh, worked for two of the top banks in the country, so two of the top five. And when I was, I started into banking when I was really young, like 18, 19 years old as a part-time uh, teller going to university. And uh, fun fact, I was actually studying to get into the healthcare system. So I'm <laughs> going into staying in finance is a little bit of a, wasn't, it wasn't in the cards at the beginning, but from there I grew a good portfolio uh, network of clients. And um, then I decided to go onto the bro brokering side of the financial industry. Um, so working in predominantly residential financing, uh, home equity line of credits, purchases, refinances, all that fun stuff. And um, that's allowed me to bring out a bit more of my entrepreneurial spirits. And I've learned from the banks and be able to take forward and grow it into my own business. And um, with being where I am, I'm fairly successful <laughs> where I'm going to be too. So not to toot my own horn, but um, I'm definitely an individual that dives in head first. And then I'm, I'm all about the journey. So it's all been fun, lots of learning, lots of meeting new people. And uh, that's where I'm sitting. So I'm based out of Ontario. And then, um, yeah, love meeting new people, love helping them reach their financial goals, especially within the real estate market. And although it's sales, I much rather look at it as educating individuals and a lot of, there's always a lot of questions surrounding various topics. So I'm always happy to help and talk to anyone that's willing to listen. Okay, great. So, uh, uh, so my first question is, uh, concerning, uh, uh mortgage rates so can you i'm gonna go pretty a little bit basic uh yeah. can you explain like what is uh uh what is uh fixed rate and the variable rate yeah of course of course of course so a fixed rate um it's it's in the name itself it's fixed so for argument purposes 
let's say you fix in a rate of 5% and you choose to sign on for a three-year term. So what that rate means is no matter what the Bank of Canada decides, your rate stays 5% for the total term of that mortgage. Compared to variable, in the variable products, there is two actually. So there's your variable, then there's your adjustable rate. In the variable rate, you sign on and whatever rate that you sign on is your prime plus an amount. So let's say it's prime plus 2%. That additional that says plus 2% always stays where the prime rate is what goes up and down. And then the variable rate mortgage, you have a constant payment. So say it's $2,000 for the whole term. As the rates change, it's the amount within the 2000 that divvies up from principal to interest. Whereas in adjustable rate mortgage, as the prime rate increases or decreases, your actual payment goes up or down with it. Mm, okay. Uh, what's the advantages of uh, each of them? So the advantage of each of them Ad is... Advantage, Sorry, advantages and uh, disadvantages. Yeah. So with the... With, aside from the pandemic where the fixed rates are, were really low, like under 2%, it was really cheap to borrow money. On average, fixed terms are always a bit more expensive because they're not as low as the variable rate. And the positive to that one is if you're someone that you can't really sleep at night, if you're wondering of if the rates are going to be jumping up or going down and this, that, and the other, at least you know how much you're going to be paying for the next X amount of years that you've signed on for. That's a positive. The negative side, or let's say a con to the fixed, is that it's usually higher than what you're actually going to be paying if you were to go to the variable. Now, for the variable, as history kind of has taught us, it's a bit lower than the fixed. And the con side is as the rates have increased, like they are going, that's when your payments get more expensive, as well as trigger rates come into it too. So a little sidebar with a trigger rate is in the variable mortgage when I spoke about it briefly before, if you no longer are covering any principal of your payment and you're essentially making interest-only payments, the trigger rate is something that banks tell the clients like, hey, you're no longer paying the principal down. You have to either increase your payments or make a lump sum. So it really depends on the personality and if you're comfortable being okay with potentially paying more as rates go up. Or if you'd rather set it and forget it and then revisit it after the term. Hmm. Uh, for for someone who's getting a, a mortgage, which uh, uh, how can I say that? Which type of uh, individual like uh, the fixed rate would be good for, or the uh, variable rate? Which kind of people? I would say the fix is more for the client that is very reserved. So if they're not really willing to take any risks, they're not willing to, they don't do well with change. I'll put it on that way. Although the variable rates don't change too quick, too often. This past year was, it's the highest, uh, sorry, the fastest that the Bank of Canada has actually increased the rates, which we're seeing the effects of that. But essentially the more riskier a person, I would definitely put them in the variable rate if they're comfortable and the more reserved is for the fixed. One important note that I will add is when it, comparing variable to fixed mortgages, the fixed may seem like the smarter choice at the beginning, but there's higher fees if you were to break the mortgage, say to a marital breakdown or yeah, the clients just want to move and, and they want to consolidate debt and they have to break the mortgage for any point in time. The fixed 
costs are more expensive than the variable rate costs because the variable rate costs are roughly a few months worth of interest where it's an interest rate differential payment on the fixed side. So with uh, we saw the interest rate went uh, up from the beginning of the year yeah until yeah. until now and it's going to keep going uh we don't know how, how high uh the fed is going to high uh i mean uh, hike the the interest rates uh what effect what effect does it have like uh, on mortgages so the the biggest effect is your your monthly cash flow right so the way that inflation is happening and if your so your income isn't keeping up, which with most cases it doesn't. As life gets more expensive and your mortgage gets more expensive, you're just taking away from any disposable income you you had. Usually, you take away from entertainment to help paying off the bills that we all that we all have, right? So, if the rates, so everyone's crystal ball is a bit different. Um, where the forecast is that rates are going to continue to climb until about end of year, early next year. And then we're going to start to see them level off and drop down beginning of Q2, which would relate into like spring of next market. So the next Bank of Canada meeting is the end of this month. We're, we're hoping it doesn't have a huge increase again, but it, it's, it's gearing towards that. So any advice I'd give to clients is just really buckle down on budgeting yourself, understanding where your money's going, understanding what you're paying, and really try to get a good understanding of what your cash flow looks like on a month to month. So what, uh, what, uh, what's the correlation with, uh, is there a correlation with uh, inflation too, when it comes to interest rates? Yes. So the way they're inversely related, whereas inflation keeps climbing, so does interest rates to help bring the inflation rate back down, which is why all the rates have been climbing. It's just been climbing a lot faster, right? And the fact that the housing market was just, the, the prices and the growth we were seeing throughout the pandemic was just insane. And it was a really rapid pace. It was moving to a little bit too fast for the markets to actually catch up. And at the end of the day as well, we're having supply and demand situation as well, where there's a lot of clients that want to buy homes, especially with the immigration and the population growing and all of that coming in, that we're not having um, as many properties to fill that, that um, rate of supply and demand as well. So what's uh, so now uh, they were saying in the in the states that the, the U.S. is technically in a recession. Mm -hmm. uh, whatever whatever happens in the U.S. happens uh, happens to us to here. So eventually, uh, but no one really knows if we're really in a in a recession or not. What's yep. gonna be uh, what's gonna be the effect of all that, like with the with the mortgage rates and all that? So with with the the mortgage side, even kind of relating it back to the 0809, I I personally don't believe that we're there. Reason being, there's so many more guidelines on our mortgage system as a whole and our banking as a whole compared to the to the states, where a lot of their banks are privately owned. Here, we're federally where they're federally governed, and there's so many more guidelines like your stress tests, your the debt servicing um, ratios, understanding the credit scores, making sure that money is 
going to be being paid back. And seeing where we are now, a lot of different lenders and banks are actually tightening up their belts to not just be giving money to everybody coming to ask for it. So seeing that our banks are less aggressive and giving up the funds currently is definitely going to help. Now, are we erring on the side of a recession? I can't answer that right now. Can I see if rates continue to just skyrocket? It could be a little bit um, worrisome because you're going to have Canadians not being able to afford their their housing, which is going to force them to sell their homes and all that kind of stuff too. And it's going to bring the value down of the property itself that they're always underselling. So I think it just relates back to understanding your personal finances and not being so scared of what the news is saying, because um, the news and the media, they like to sell that fear, that fear factor that everyone's going to jump into. So really understanding your personal finances, understanding where your income is coming, what you're spending on, and it'll be a, at least a better way to see kind of how, what's going on. The way that we look at the recessions is, this, I can I can speak on the GTA in, in Toronto, there's always people out on the road, they're, they're driving, they're going to work, people are doing stuff on their home. So to say that everyone's in a state of fear, I don't, I don't see that. Okay. And uh, what would you, uh, what would be the strategy when it comes to uh, when a person is going to renew their their mortgage? Uh, how would that uh, strategy be concerning, like choosing? Can they renew, like, uh, to uh, let's say they have a fixed mortgage? Can they change to a variable mortgage when yeah. it comes to the real? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can. If, yeah. Yeah, so if you're in a variable mortgage, you can always and before the renewal, you can always lock in at that at a fixed portion for the remainder of your term. So, for example, if you had a three-year variable, um, let's say five-year variable, and you're on your third year of that var variable mortgage, you can lock in at a fix for the remaining two years, and then say you want to go back into the variable, you have to wait for your actual renewal renewal in the two years to come, right? Or other clients that are in a fix and they want to just go to the the variable rate, they have to wait for the renewal to come up. And you can, I like to talk to my clients at least, you know, th uh, three to four months prior to the renewal date. So we can get into talks, understand what they're looking for and what mortgage product they want specifically, because even all, even with mortgages being a mortgage, there are still different products that matches di people's wants a bit differently. Like some people want the best rate. Some people want um, a lower payment, but they don't really mind too much about the rate. They want to have a longer amortization, which is the life of the mortgage. Some clients like to have a bigger prepayment allowance. So some mortgages only allow you to pay down 10% um, per year, where others allow you to pay down 20%. So although the rate is a very big part of the mortgage, it's not the only part. So when I'm dealing with my clients, we look at the whole product altogether, not just one piece of it. Okay. Uh, do at this moment now with the uh, interest rate inflation, maybe recession coming, uh, what would you say to someone who wants to buy now? Is it a good time or what do you think about that? Like, or so Yeah. So on the buying side, again, I'm, I'm a real, I'm not a realtor, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hover over this uh, lightly, but usually when the rates are going up, home prices are coming down. So it's actually easier to find a better deal for the property. Now, what I can say to that point is there was a chart. Uh, I don't remember the exact figures, but long story short, there was a higher home price with a lower interest rate versus a lower home price with a with a higher interest rate. And 
over the term, the person that purchased the house at a lower price, but it had a bit of a higher interest rate actually ended up paying less because their total cost to buying was cheaper. So yes, with the rates going up, it can potentially take away someone's buying power, but that's also bringing down the home prices of the home. So what we're finding in, in our area is a lot of the appraisals that are coming back aren't as high as a homeowner would expect it to be, which turns them in, in needing to put their home on, a, on their market a bit lower too. So usually in these kinds of markets, when people get scared, it's a good time for investors to buy or even first-time home buyers that have their financing in order because the, the price of homes are actually lower than what they were a year or two ago. So uh, how does the, the whole financing uh, work, like the process for someone who wants to purchase uh, a home? Uh, like, uh, let's say if they're self-employed or business owner, uh, yeah. what's the process like for those kind of people and a person who's, who's a professional, let's say uh, a lawyer and a doctor. So what's the process like for those two categories? Yeah. So on the, on the, the starting process is it's really the same for everybody. Get pre-qualified, get like pre-approved or pre-qualified, whatever, whichever way you want to call it, understand where you're kind of sitting. Then on a, from an income standpoint, we're going to know over here, the lenders are going to want to know where's your down payment coming from? Is it inheritance? Is it sale of a previous property? Is it regular savings from your job and your income? Understanding where that money came from that you're putting it down. And then on the uh, document side, we're going to be looking at your T1 generals, your notice of assessments. Uh, some for business for self individuals, we look at their business financials. Are you incorporated? Are you a sole proprietorship? Usually, two to three years worth of information, so the lender can feel comfortable and assessing the risk of the actual um, project or the investment itself. Okay, and uh, what about uh, refinancing? So refinancing, it's similar. Um, similar situation to with the income the only thing now too we look at how much equity do you have in the home right so is a room to be refinanced so i just actually um i got approval for a client of mine today and they were looking to refinance and consolidate external loans so they had four different products they were paying back a couple of different credit cards uh high interest loans and i believe it was another store credit card or a line of credit something along the lines of that and the benefit to them is because they built up so much equity in the home, we were able to qualify them using their income use, and using the equity to pull that out and pay off these four facilities. So now they only have one payment to make at one specific rate. They're not chasing down four different products at four different rates. Okay. And uh, if someone has a uh, bad credit, how can they, uh, how can they overcome that if they want to purchase or invest? So usually mortgage agents and mortgage brokers, we do deal with more than one lender. And some lenders that we do deal with um, do help clients with poor credit. Um, it's usually like a one-year term to really fix them up and then we move them over to the B side. So on the mortgage agents and broker side, you have your banks, you have your B lenders, and you have your private lenders. The private side is where we're able to help get a loan for a client with the poor credit. The rate is going to be higher because the risk of the client with the lower credit score. Once that one-year term comes up, we move them over back into either the B or the bank side just to help them rebuild. And it's more of a short-term solution to help them in the end move over long-term. Okay. You do uh, 
you do commercial uh, uh, if someone wants to go into the commercial re uh, real estate you do financing for that too huh? right? we do so on, on my team we have a specialist on the commercial side um, I'm not so on the commercial financing they they really assess the property first and then the um, individual secondly so it's a little bit different from the residential side okay so uh what would you say uh what would you say if someone wants to get into that into the if they want to get financing for uh, commercial real estate how would they uh, prepare themselves so the commercial real estate you're, you're treating the property as a business so they're going to be looking at the risk of the business of the property so what kind of cash flow what kind of maintenance what kind of costs and fees are going to go into maintaining the property and i feel not everyone knows that what cons what's considered a commercial deal is any unit um five doors or more right so think of a fiveplex or a sixplex or a sevenplex whatever it may be so if a real estate investor wanted to purchase that as a rental property and have it producing income they're going to be assessing the property itself and how much cash flow that can bring in on a month-to-month -month basis okay all right uh thanks a lot uh luigi for for being uh for being here it was uh it was great information and uh, education uh do you have anything you would like uh to add on concerning uh everything we talked about yeah so my 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 keys to success in the real estate game is just really stay informed um don't get scared if there's something you don't know try to find the people you want to reach out to that you you trust and that will give you that right information um it can be scary and there's a lot of terms and acronyms and all that kind of stuff but once you really focus on learning it's not as scary anymore and it's actually a great place to be um and if anyone wants to reach out i'm more than happy to speak and help wherever i can so thank you again for having me on the show it was a great experience <laughs> nice no, no problem it was a pleasure to have you on uh, on the show uh where can uh, where can people find you if uh, they want more information uh concerning uh real estate and all the, the mortgage stuff Yeah, so you can find me on my social. So my social media, it's um, L-U-I-G-I-I dot D-A-C-U. That's Instagram, TikTok, uh, Luigi DeCunto on Facebook. So I'm all over um, those three platforms. If you're on LinkedIn, just search up my name as well. And all my websites and stuff will be linked in all my, my social media. Great. Uh, thanks again, Luigi, uh, for being here. It was uh, nice meeting you and talking to you. Uh, thank you everybody for listening and watching to this podcast welcome to a better lifestyle today we we're talking about real estate and uh, i had luigi with me so uh, my name is richard and uh, we'll see you on the next episode everybody bye thank you for listening to this podcast i hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you next time